Hey y'all, my name is Kiana Hines and I'm here to shed some light on a very dark topic. This podcast will be tailored around any and everything related to death, dying, and grief. Life after a loved one has passed can be an extremely hard and confusing time to deal with one's own emotions and feelings. After all of the I am so sorry's and stay strong fade away, reality hits and the realization that your loved ones will never come back starts to dwell. What do you do with these feelings? The Tony Rose Foundation Inc. would like to present Life After Death, the notorious G-R-I-E-F podcast series with your host, Kiana Hines. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, 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 healers. How you guys doing? It's your girl, Kiana, coming to you live from the life after death stage. It's been a while since you guys heard from me. Uh, Thank you for being patient with me. And they say patience is a virtue. So I guess you guys are a virtuous group. (laughs) If it's your first time joining me, uh, thank you for letting your ears. And uh, let me give you a quick summary of who we are. Uh, My name is Kiana. I'm a nurse. My mom. Reaver, healer, and I created the Tony Rose Foundation after the tragic and untimely death of my mom um, two years ago. In hindsight of that, Life After Death was born. Uh, I wanted to create an outlet where we could speak about grief and have a safe place um, for us to just let it all out, you know, a place of healing. Um, today, I'm having a very special topic. Um, it's very dear to my heart because I feel like with grief, we get tied up behind the tears and we forget what the importance is that can go behind it, which is educating and pushing forward. So today we're talking about life insurance. I have a very, very special guest with me today. Mr. Rashidi Denson. He's the co-founder of PMD Advanced Consultant LLC and the creator of Feed the Fire Global. Uh, Rashidi is a native of Brooklyn, New York, uh, Bed-Stuy, New York. His undergrad grad education is from Nyack College, which is in, 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 in general education and organizational leadership. Since he was young, the passion and drive of creating, developing, architecting, entrepreneurial ideas brought dreams into reality. His servant leadership style allowed him to be the innovator of businesses in the areas such as event planning, real estate investing, fashion jewelry marketing, sports marketing events, theatrical um, production investing, leadership development seminars, as well as financial educational planning, which brings him here to the life after death stage today. So fun fact, I actually knew Mr. Denson way before my grief journey actually began um, before Tony Rose Foundation even existed, I was introduced to him, um, through a mutual friend and the lovely gentleman of the Why Not Now Ministries, um, in Brooklyn, New York. And he actually allowed me to host my first interactive educational game with the fellas over at My 11 in Brooklyn, New York. Shout out to My 11. Um, um, I appreciated that so much because I was just a girl from Brooklyn with a dream, an idea, and all the, I went to so many different schools, so many different gyms, 
and asked just to try it out because it was something totally different. No one ever heard of this, anything like playing basketball or even trying to get some boys to even sit down and think about their goals. And he actually said yes to me. So thanks to him, I was able to produce a production. But the biggest memory about it is the day that I actually executed it was the day after my mom uh, was buried. Um, it was really significant because he knew how hard I was trying um, and I wanted to really execute this idea and, you know, losing my mom would have, you know, stirred me left, you know? I'm like, I worked so hard to finally find a gym, finally find a gym. You know, now I was like, oh, please take it easy. Take it easy, you know? <laughs> how hard I worked on this idea, I really want to push through. And I know my mom probably would have wanted me to push through too, so. Uh, all in all, thank you so much for the opportunity because that memory and everything just showing my strength um, has helped me a lot. So I appreciate you for being here now on a different platform. Okay. And um, I'm excited to talk about what we got to talk about today. But before we get into all the nitty gritty fun insurance, life insurance stuff, right? Uh, I have a little segment um, I wanted to introduce. It's called the grief gag segment. Grief gag segment. Right. <laughs> just a little icebreaker. Um, you know, since I'm just, I'm all about shedding light or bringing light to the dark topic. So I have a few grief jokes, just like three. So, all right. Okay. Make sure you got your, your napkin ready. It's going to be, it's going to be a tearjerker. You ready? I'm ready. What is the first stage of grief for an Egyptian? First day of grief for an Egyptian. Mm -hmm. I guess when they get wrapped. <laughs> Denial. <laughs> Denial. Wow. <Get> it? <laughs> 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 All right. On to number two. Okay. You ready? <laughs> two. All right. This one's not a riddle. So, if you have a grief, nobody feels. If you have a pain, nobody feels. If you, if your heart is broken, nobody feels. But if you fart, all will understand. Wow. <laughs> all right. And smell it too. Right. <laughs> all right, it's the last one. All right, let's save the best for last. Okay. The grief-stricken man threw himself across the grave and cried bitterly. My life, how senseless it is. How worthless is everything about me because you are gone. If only you hadn't died. If only fate had not been so cruel as to take you from this world. How different everything would have been. A clergyman happened by and, and to soothe the man, he offered a prayer. After he said, I assume the person lying beneath this mound of earth was someone of great importance to you. Importance? Indeed it was, moaned the man. It's my wife's first husband. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that one was good. <laughs> All right, so that that was a good one. All right, just, that, was, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. All right, so got some jokes to it, lighten it up a little bit. Now on to the nitty gritty. Right, so fact check. Why is it that only about fifty nine percent of Americans have life insurance? And about half of those with insurance are underinsured, according to MRA. Can you explain to the healers why life insurance is so important to get for yourself and family? 
Well, the first thing that everyone must uh, realize is that all of us have an expiration date. Um, when we're born, we have a day that we're going to pass away. Unfortunately, we don't know when that date is. So every day we wake up, we must live life in joy, hopefully in peace, and do what's necessary to make sure that we energize other people's lives. Why that's important? Because life insurance is a love letter. It's a love letter to your family members, to those that you say that you love dearly. It's, it's, you still on? Yeah. Clicked off on me. Yeah. So it's, it's a love letter to those who, who you say you love dearly. And so if you love your spouse, if you love your children and you love your extended family, then you never want to put them in a situation where if that situ if that time actually comes, you don't want to put them in a situation where they're not able to financially sustain what may come after that. Thanks. So you never want to put them in a place where they have to struggle to protect your legacy. I agree. Um, I know there are two different types of life insurance policies, right? And it's like a million different companies to choose from. It's confusing. Uh, let's break it down, the two different types for the people so everybody can really get an understanding of which is the best for them, you know, and where do they start? Right. So when you talk about the two different ones, I just want to put that plug in again. Um, if you're a husband or you're a wife, it is very important that your life insurance policy is your greatest love letter. Mm -hmm. You really love your spouse. Or if you're a single mom or single dad, the greatest love letter is your life insurance policy. I just really wanted to drill that in. Mm -hmm. But as far as the two different life insurance policies that most people are familiar with, the first one is term insurance. So what I want to talk to really is mostly working class, Main Street families. Um, when they hear the term whole life, most likely they think that that covers their whole life. So that's why they think that term is no good because... When they hear something like term, they're thinking for a term, a period of term, and so a period of time where it's gonna be cut off, and so they wanna stick to something that they feel is gonna secure their family for the whole life. Mm -hmm. But what they don't know is that term insurance is just insurance, it's, it, it's all you get until mm -hmm. you die. So basically, look at it like car insurance or home insurance. Um, you don't make any money off your term insurance. You don't yeah. make any money off your car insurance. You don't make any money off your homeowner's insurance. It, it says um, that it, it doesn't have any gimmicks and it don't have any investments built into it. It only lasts so, for a specific number of years, right? And if you don't mm -hmm. die within the time frame specified and your policy expires with no payout, so you have to die. Well, that's the thing. Right, right. So what you want to look at is that that's first of all, just understand that term insurance is just basic insurance. Right. It works just like your car insurance, right, works, right. just like the homeowner insurance. But when you look at whole life, what they do with whole life, whole life, you may hear the term universal life mm -hmm. or variable life. What they do is they combine your life insurance with an investment. Okay. So basically a glorified savings plan. Okay. And so what they do is they don't tell you that for $5, you can buy as much term insurance on a 20 year level term as you can buy $100 buying whole life or cash value life insurance. Okay. So why would you spend $95 more per month for insurance? Right. Well, usually because they promise it builds a savings account called cash value. 
but they don't tell you that the rate of return on whole life is only one to one and a half percent. Mm. You can't build wealth on one percent right. on an investment. investment. Right. That makes sense. So the only way to get the extra cash value on top of your face amount, you must either cancel your policy or borrow against your policy at eight percent. Now, the last time I checked, you couldn't call your uh, car insurance and tell them you want to borrow right. some money from your policy. <laughs> you know, you you can't call your homeowner's insurance and say, you know, I leave fifty thousand dollars for my child right. in college, so can I borrow that? You cannot do that. So, I totally believe in buy term invested difference. But what people don't understand is that term insurance, uh, most financial gurus. Wealthy people do not buy whole life insurance. Yeah. Okay. Um, and people don't know that. They, they don't buy, they buy term. And so you don't want to get confused because not all term is equal. So what you want to understand is the fine print that's in the policy. Right. So if you get a term policy, um, you want to make sure that what's inside that product as far as the fine print really protects your family. And you can get a term policy that can last you for your life. Right, it just has but to be But that's specific. not what you want. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. I know funerals are expensive. Uh, they say the average funeral cost costs between $7,000 and $12,000. This includes viewing and, fu- and burial, basic service fees, transport and remains to a funeral home, a casket and bombing, not including the horse and carriages and stuff that people be going out with now, like, and other preparations. <laughs> The average cost of a funeral with cremation is only six to seven thousand dollars, right? What age? I think people forget uh, how important life preparation is in all mm-hmm. aspects. You know, um, the burden it can leave on a family to deal with after can be agonizing. You know, financially agonizing. Uh, what age you think is appropriate for a person to purchase their first policy? Right. So when you talk about age, you want to look at this first of all. You want to look at who's the breadwinner right. in the household, right? So that's what you want to factor. Most uh, policies, you know, if I do a term policy, in that policy is going to have what's attached to it called the child rider. Mm-hmm. So you want to protect those that's the income earners. The parents or the parent is the income earner. And so if something happens to them, the income that sustains that household is gone. And you're going to have to find a way to replace it. You can't replace the person, so you're definitely not going to be able to replace their value and income they bring into the household. What so how do you cover that? So that's why it's important to say you can get a life insurance policy at uh, closer to 18 years old. So I think that it's very important that you have your own, but your children, if they're under 17, they should be a rider on your policy. Okay. Um, I purchased my first like adult policy at 28 I remember uh, my parents first purchased theirs. I remember the representative coming to the house with a big stack of papers. I remember my dad and my mom sitting down. Then after the fact, my dad, you know, that evening pulling me right beside with the stack of papers like this is going to be in the back of the closet. If anything happened to me, you you know, you got to go get it because you are the beneficiary. Um, and this is your responsibility. Can you explain what a, you mentioned a rider? So I wanted to talk about riders, two child riders, but can you explain the, the difference between a beneficiary versus a rider? And then there's two different types of beneficiaries I wanted to get into too primary and contingent. So you could get as specific as possible, you know, f- with your earnings. Can you explain to people what these 
a beneficiary is and what the importance is of leaving one and a trusted one? <laughs> That's true. So beneficiary, basically, uh, your main beneficiary, which is your primary beneficiary, and then your contingent. So your main and primary beneficiary is the individual that is going to collect the death benefit, God forbid something happens to you. Mm -hmm. So whatever that face amount is that the insurance company qualified you for, mm -hmm. that's another one I need to tell people. You can't just go buy life insurance. You have to qualify for life mm -hmm. insurance. So a lot of times, you that's know, it's interesting. based on I didn't your know health that. and mm -hmm. your age. That's why it's important that us as a people, that we educate people very early mm -hmm. to get these things into place. Because usually when you're young, um, what's called a decrease in responsibility when you're young, um, you have a high level of debt. Mm -hmm. So you just bought a new home, maybe you got married, you got children, you got college expenses, you got all of these different expenses because you're just starting life out. But as you get older, your, your expenses decrease because the children get older, they move mm -hmm. out. Now your house mortgage may be paid off, should be paid off mm -hmm. at a certain time. And so now you need more retirement money. You don't necessarily need a lot of life insurance. Right. But we'll go back to that. So your primary main uh, beneficiary is the one that will collect the death benefit. And it could be more than one person, long as it um, long as it values up to 100%. Okay. So you can do all children equal. Or like um, 10, You 15. can um, give someone 50%, another person 50%, long as it equals up to uh, or a third of a third, long as it equals up to 100%. Okay. But the contingent... What happens is you put a contingent um, beneficiary on it because God forbid if something happens to the main beneficiary or the primary beneficiary, then the contingent beneficiary will collect the death benefit. Okay. And sometimes that happens. Believe it or not, um, you can have where, let's just say a husband and wife, where both of them end up in a car crash. Right. God forbid, and both of them pass away. So the contingent you know, that, is the one that's that The spouses up. were the main beneficiary of the primary and now the children or whoever else they left will inherit uh, that death benefit. Okay. Uh, can you take out a cash loan on your policy and how would it affect your policy in the future? Well, and does it have to be a specific, you have to be specific about why you're taking it out, right? And explanation, you right, can't so, just, you can't so just cash out and get a Maserati, say, right? Like, okay. Right, right. <laughs> so, when you, so when you say take a cash loan out, first of all, your insurance, your life insurance policy was not made for you to be taking money out. Okay, say that again. Right? <laughs> when you talk about cashing out and taking loans out on your life insurance policy, that's not what it was made for. Say it your again. Your life insurance <laughs> policy was made for the people you leave behind. Mm -hmm. It's a love letter. Okay, and the last I checked, you don't write love letters to everyone. Right? So, with that said in mind, let me give you a little story. I had a client one time who actually were a married couple had been married over 20 plus years and unfortunately the husband unexpectedly passed away um, before prior to him passing away I had ran into the wife um, the wife had wanted to sit down with me and go over what they already had mm -hmm. and I was going to explain to them the differences between term and whole life and the difference between buy term and best the difference. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the husband didn't want to make time. Um, he constantly didn't, he didn't want to make time. And as a result, he passed away unexpectedly. We found out that he had a whole life policy that he had borrowed against. Mm. Um, he was actually still paying the insurance company back. 
So what they did was when he passed away, they took all their money back. Wow. And a little bit of money that they left behind, they actually, he did not switch his wife as the, he didn't put his wife as the beneficiary. Wow. So he still had his mother on there. Wow. Um, his mother collected the death benefit and she did not believe that her son who made over $200,000 a year did not leave his family in good standards. So I just want to put that plug mm. into everybody while you're listening to me, all the healers out there, mm -hmm. okay? You want to make sure that you have at least 10 to 12% coverage. Yep. So when you get in a life insurance policy, the standard, you should have about at least 10 to 12% of your income. So if you made about, let's say 10%, if you made $50,000 a year, you, wanna, you should have a oh, minimum man. of, or 12%, you should have a minimum of a half a million dollars to a half a million in uh, 60,000. Mm -hmm. And so basically what happens is that replaces your income and 10% of that goes back into the home. Got it. To replace your income at a half a million. So earlier you mentioned having to be qualified, right? Like you can't, I, I was under the impression you could just like, I want the $500,000 one, you know, this and that. What, how do you be qualified? You know, it really does go by income only. That's how you know that you'll be getting like the 1.7 or what you are actually qualified for. Okay. Right. So with the, it, it doesn't qualify by, it, well, income is important because mm -hmm. anyone who's staring you in that position, who sits down with you and want to write a life insurance policy out for you or guiding you in your finances, one of the most important things is really to find out your financial you stability. Right. Really find out the healthiness of your financial house. And that's a very sensitive topic for individuals. A lot of people avoid the conversation like the gentleman, the story I just told you. Right. Is because really he did not want to talk about his finances. Right, right. And because he was making, supposed to be making so much money, which he was, he was at 200000 but he was strapped for cash. Right, right. So he had did a couple of deals, and those deals were bad. And so as a result, um, you know, he, he didn't have it. His so last resort. One of the things when you're talking about qualifying is this, is that... You want to look at the person's income and really evaluate them properly. And then you want to talk about their health. You know, there are some major illnesses that people have that can actually prevent them from getting life insurance. Mm -hmm. I'll go a step further. Did you know that on a life insurance policy that if you have a felony and you went to prison for a felony, they have that on the life insurance policy. Wow, I did not you know that. You have to report that you have a felony. Wow. I did not know that. I know what if you commit suicide, they they don't pay out for um, well, like policies, right? The laws, well, some policies, the laws basically there's a time limit on that too. Okay. So um, that could be a time limit, but of course, the insurance company is they're not going to try to pull it. Right, right. Money. So they're going to try they to fight the law, it. The law of probability. So they look at your life, and a lot of times they look at your family history. Mm -hmm. So my parents will be turning seventy years old next month, mm -hmm. which means that there's a great possibility that my lifespan right now um, matches up to 70 years old. All right? Mm -hmm. Now, my grandparents passed away in their late and early 80s. Mm -hmm. So, there's a possibility that I could be on this earth at right. that time. So, they do the law of probability. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, well, who knows? your health is important. Yeah. And so, that's why it's important to get it early and lock it in because sometimes people have gotten into these uh, 
really bad policies, like the whole life they've gotten it, mm -hmm. they've had it for years. You can't they get say out. my auntie, my grandmother had it for years. And what happens is they get to an age now where if they try to switch them to the right stuff, it's very expensive for mm -hmm. them and they have health issues. So they're gonna be rated at a very high number. Okay, makes sense. Um, I wanted you to give us some life insurance do's and don'ts, but you sort of just hit someone and noggin. For one, do not borrow from your life insurance policy. That is a no. <laughs> yes. Learn to get your life insurance, and I want you to think about this. The same way you have insurance on other items, and those items are depreciating items. Right. You can't borrow against your car insurance. You can't borrow against your cell phone insurance, your house insurance. You can't borrow against your uh, have insurance for everything. Mm -hmm. You know, like my wife, you know, her wedding band, her wedding ring. You can't borrow. We can't borrow against that. Nope. Right? But it's so funny how they encourage you or someone will come by your house and get you to borrow against your life insurance policy. Right. Yeah. It's a very dangerous thing. It really says that you're um, not really financially um, in tune, right. and it also it also speaks very a lot of values to who you're leaving behind, your family. This is true. This is true. Any other do's and don'ts you could think of? Right. So I mean, there's other ones. Um, some of the do's and don'ts is the first thing is don't reject information when it comes to life insurance. You know, a lot of times people just settle on the fact that I already have it. And they think that one of the do's and don'ts, like even right now, because of COVID, one of the most dangerous things is that people are just settled on what they had in the past. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to sit down. Why not take the time out, make time for your financial, be financial responsible. Mm -hmm. Sit down, look at what you had. I don't care if you had it for 20 years, mm -hmm. 30 years, and look over it and then and, and ask the hard questions. You may not know what questions to ask. Yeah. That's why it's important that I walk my clients through it. I call for them, call with them on the phone, and I, and I ask some basic, simple questions that can pretty much help them understand. Because a lot of times when you ask them, some people don't know what they have. Yeah, Or they assume that what they have um, by what they said years ago, and a lot of them don't know the fine print. Yeah. So I had a client who literally do's and don'ts who she was paying a policy for 18 years when she finally gave it to me she finally let me look over it i had serviced her sister and she kept saying basically her stuff was good so she didn't want me looking over it, it took us six months and then a tragedy happened in the family and she said mr Ditz, can you look over it and when i looked over it it said in the fine print that she couldn't die from sickness wow it never defined what that was so i was like you've been paying a policy for 18 years and in the fine print it says you can't die from sickness yeah. <laughs> like but you know, unfortunately, they say you want to hide something from the black and put it in the book. People usually—that's why I wanted to do, you know, something more audible, something more, you know, vocal, something more out there. Because unfortunately, people don't really read. You know, I know I've missed out on a lot of information because I haven't read. But until somebody actually said it to me, it's like, oh, ding a ling a ling, you know. So right, um, and it's and it's funny you say that because Tony Robbins, a uh, very renowned speaker motivator mm -hmm. said that a lot of times it's not the issue that people are not don't have resources that people don't know how um don't have resourcefulness yes they're not resourceful within themselves yes and so they block a lot of things mm -hmm. and they speak against it like for instance i have people i've had people in the past come to me and say stuff um things like 
what can I get for $25? (laughs) And I'm like, you're talking about something that's going to protect your family, something that's going to replace your income. And you're trying to negotiate uh, an amount of money that Mm -hmm. don't even satisfy where you're at in life, but yet you'll go pay a $400 cable bill. Or get a $400 phone, but it's the priority. Yeah, you'll go to the department store and you'll buy a depreciated item that actually is just something you're going to wear on the weekend and you're spend hundreds or even thousands of dollars for it. But when it comes to protecting your family and loving on your family and protecting your legacy or your family's legacy, you'll actually turn around yeah. and try to negotiate under $50. I think this year, 2020, definitely has showed people how important it is to prepare um, between COVID and you know the genocide on the black community continuing on is obvious and evident that life is short um you have to act on it you know i think 2020 is a year of preparation it also showed us how many distractions are out there and to keep focused you know i think that's the main thing being focused in your goals and being focused and steadfast and all the things you gotta you know push through on so it's rough right it's, it's definitely rough. And, you, and also, plugging that, but you said do's and don'ts. Another do's and don'ts is one of the things, do not, uh, when, you, when you're talking about life insurance, one of the things is do not ne- neglect the fact that life insurance can be used as a wealth transfer. Mm, true. Right? So if we talk about different classes of people, let's talk about black people in right. a whole, Right? So most black people, right, in a large quantity will probably tell you, working class black people and under, will probably tell you that life insurance was just meant for just burying a person. But life insurance can be used for wealth transfer. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about it. How great would you want your children to start off if Mm -hmm. something happens to you? How how great of a start would you want your spouse to be left with? So for instance, you know, this is something that I stand on. It's not just using it to bury me, um, but also uh, forbid, but also using it as a wealth transfer. Yeah. So for instance, could you imagine at a very young age, especially with five dollars to a hundred dollars you're gonna buy for that whole life, which is so expensive and it's irrelevant, mm-hmm. you're gonna turn around and you can actually get a million dollar plus policy. Imagine if you had a five million dollar mm-hmm. policy. Now I know somebody gonna hear this and they're gonna say, well, wow, why should people have that kind of money? And why you know, not? I die and, you know, I don't want people to get rich off of me. Well, you want them to get poor. poor right? <laughs> I mean, Facts. they already experienced poverty. Right. And you want them to stay poor. Right. So my thing is that if you want to catch up and one of the most guaranteed ways to do the don'ts is don't leave it to just death burial. Use it as a wealth transfer tool. Yeah. That's a fact. That's great, 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 great advice. Definitely. I mean, I've been through my whole share of grief. So, you know, me getting my life insurance, I've, I'm just like, I want it all for my, you know, you, you sort of look at it at that aspect. I think um, a lot of people in the black community have to change their mindset on it because I think people are just wrapped up on, you know, the funeral. And I don't want to leave this and this, but this is about your legacy and, you know, pushing forward. So it's true. Yeah, they, they, they fight with that. But then again, we don't have a problem with, um, going on social media and doing GoMe funds, right, right, and and going around and then bullying other family members. Yes, for tonight um, to chip they in. They may have handled it right. <laughs> they may have handled their business, 
and maybe they're doing well. Um, they may not be doing uh, as great as they want to do, but they're but they're maintaining their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Their family is eating. They're doing very well. And yet someone in the family who was irresponsible, unfortunately, don't have their stuff in order. They end up now having to be bullied into giving some of their money and their savings to that family member. And if they don't do it, the other family members look at them, especially within the black community, mm -hmm. look at them funny and call them names and say they act like they don't know where they come from or they better than everybody. Yep. But at the end of the day, is it fair that you did not in your own household Such handle your responsibility? Basically. If you have children, and this is a big thing for me because especially if I go to the barbershops, um, especially the barbershops and the hair salons, think about it. Mm -hmm. How many of those individuals they're working for themselves, they're self-employed, and they have children, and yet some of those guys or those no, young ladies insurance. don't have any no. coverage, but they wear the most expensive things yep. on the weekend, they're popping bottles, they're going to parties, and I'm not against, I'm not talking against people's lifestyle. I mean, if you can enjoy and you wanna go out and enjoy your life, do that. But I have my yeah. belief system. I think it's important that I protect the wealth and build wealth in my family and my legacy, but what I am saying is that if you're going to have several children, at least cover them. Facts. I agree. I agree. Brother Shady, this was so good. <laughs> Everything this, this was, was good. This was, a, this was amazing. I'm so glad that you did it. Yes. I'm so glad that um, you took the time out to really inform your healers. Because if they're going to heal properly, I'm going to tell you this. One of the greatest things is... It's, it's definitely unfortunate when people pass away, mm -hmm. but it's even harder when you walk into a service, especially now with COVID, you walk into mm -hmm. a service and you have to greet and hug someone and then find out um, they was left with a huge bill or they stressed out financially. Um, they wasn't left in a great position. Mm -hmm. They got they lose their home. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, their children, they don't know how they're going to better the situation for their children. Mm -hmm. And now, Homeschool is a big thing now. Right. So to be honest with you, the wealthy is not worried about keeping their kids nope. home because they have the money to pay teachers yep. to come in and teach them. Yep. Yep. You know? So, so true. Those are just little things that people need to pay attention to. And um, definitely as business owners, if you have any entrepreneurs on here that, that are healing, any nonprofit yes, definitely. Um, CEOs and owners, you also want to tell them that um, there's a policy called a key man key term insurance where you can actually put insurance on the key people in your organization i do that too mm -hmm. and basically what that does is god forbid something happens to that person the the money actually goes to the organization keep the organization running Dope. so churches nonprofits, you need it and do not ever leave your job with the responsibility of covering your family Gotcha. That group policy is a very dangerous thing when people yeah. say I have coverage at my job and all these people who lost their jobs, that coverage, they lost it. Yeah, that's a fact. Thank you so much, Brother Rashidi, again for coming on the show and dropping all your knowledge. We needed it. No problem. We needed it, like I said earlier. You know, I wanted to think behind the tears, go a little bit further, educate the masses. 2020 is a crazy year. We all experiencing a lot of loss. I've always said that grief is, you know, beyond death because this year everybody's grieving everything, grieving school, yes. grieving going outside, grieving, you know, this, that, and the other. So any form of healing 
any form of education that can keep us focused is well appreciated. So definitely. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. If you want to let everyone know how we can contact you, reach you on your social media tags. I'll definitely put all your information out there, but you can go ahead and share your tags. Right. So a lot of people know me. I have a couple of phrases and mantras <laughs> that I stand by. Um, a lot of people know me as uh, Feed the Fire and Ardent and Eagle Language. So if you go on my, if you go on Instagram, you can find me at uh, Feed the Fire Inc. and also Feed the Fire Global. Um, you also on my Facebook is Rashidi Benson. I don't have any, uh, you know, super special names. <laughs> it's my real name. Um, you also can text me at 347-775-8843. You must text me your information, your name, and the question or the reason why you're connected with me. Uh, text me is preferably um, that I take. And also email um, rashidi.denson at yahoo.com. So R-A-S-H-I-D-I dot D-E-N-S-O-N at yahoo.com. Thank you so much, Rashidi. Have an no amazing problem. day. Love and light healers. And we will talk to you guys soon.